This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the big show. On ESPN 100.5 and 105.1, KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey and Brendan Schaefer here. No producer Chris this week, but he uh, is expected to be back next week. And uh, today is actually our final show of the week. No show tomorrow. Just uh, make sure to mark that in your calendars, everybody. I'll mark it. Yeah, you I'll mark use it. well. Well, you already knew. Right I well, hope I, it already was marked. You know. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know me. Okay. You know how right. I handle no, my. Yeah, you know how I fair. handle my my email inbox with the yeah you know 13,000, like whatever it is. Like, come on. <laughs> What's the update? Oh no, it's up to thirty thousand six twenty six oh, unread. Gosh. Oh, you hate to see it. You know, I'd like to uh, think I read the important ones. Maybe sometimes did you get I miss the, a okay, Did you get the picks of the week email? Did you, did you <laughs> get that one? Gonna, I knew you were going to bring that up. I did. Because I, I did send it. <laughs> you did this time. Rarely do you send it, but this time you did manage to get it to me. Rarely. Uh, but my whole point with this, my whole point with this, you know I don't have a calendar, so I would have nowhere to no, write I, it into. I, I forget I, things. I'm very glad and happy every day that you do remember that oh hey today show he's here look at that that's why you always say thanks for coming on in today at the beginning of the show you're really thanking me for remembering to be here that's good i mean and i also thank you for being here like yeah that's as long as the check's clear i know that uh, that's probably what you're gonna say next but well it doesn't hurt i mean (laughs) talking to you for free i i I did enough of that in my life oh sure sure college days were yeah enough of that and then (laughs) they gotta pay me to talk sports with you now it's crazy how that goes uh we will get to uh, uh plenty of more talk about uh this this alabama job opening who's gonna replace nick saban and then, of course, the big news in New England that Bill Belichick is out. We kind of thought that might be a possibility, but now it is official. So we'll get our uh, reaction to that. We'll also uh, ask who you got between the Chiefs and the Dolphins at 5.05. We have a couple special guests today. Brad Trinago, voice of Mizzou women's basketball. You'll hear him later tonight on KTGR as Mizzou takes on number one South Carolina at Mizzou Arena going to be a tough test we'll get brad's thoughts on it coming up at 425 and the voice of the cardinals joins us today as well john rooney will be on hand at 525 cardinals caravan coming to town so he'll tell us uh what to expect from that and we'll also ask a little bit about the start of the cardinals season two so 525 we'll chat with john rooney the voice of the cardinals and then our picks of the week will be at 545 uh, as we close out our week of shows uh, and get set for the weekend of uh, NFL playoff football and college hoops. So all that coming up, 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. Well, the final injury report is out for the Chiefs. They have one player listed out. That is offensive tackle Wanye Morris. No practice for him all this week. He was in concussion protocol and has not cleared. They are not expecting him to play on Saturday. 
Two wide receivers questionable, wide out Justin Ross and Kadarius Toney, both listed as questionable. They had limited practices this week. The good news is that it appears that the Chiefs do have their starting left tackle back. Donovan Smith had a full practice today. Coming back from that neck injury, head coach Andy Reid said that they expect him to get the start at left tackle. Chiefs and Dolphins kicking off just after 7 o'clock from Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC wildcard round. Guess what? If you don't want to deal with all the streaming services, you can listen to it for free over on 96.7 KCMQ on Saturday night. And that is the big show's big deal on this 11th day of January 2024. 875-KTGR to call or text us. You're not like collecting a cover charge at the door when they turn on KCMQ. You just None. it's free. Absolutely wow. free. That's all you got to do is That's turn on 96.7 KCMQ. That's all you have to do. That's going to be the the play, I think, for a lot of folks in mid-Missouri. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us. But we'll get to more Chiefs-Dolphins talk at 505. I want to keep going over this because Nick Saban uh, retiring yesterday had an interview with Reese Davis that came out today talking about how, you know, the job just – it's too much of a grind now. And it, it was a lot of the reasons that I kind of suspected for Nick Saban to kind of make this decision, at least at this point in time, because the job that he took what what was it, 15, 16 years ago at Alabama, is not nearly yeah. the same that it is now. It is almost a, not a completely different, but vastly different job description than it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of college football. Well, it's the nature of what he built at Alabama. Like, you build those expectations, and then you got to uphold them, first of all. And then just the nature of, of the sport and, and the way that it's moved and changed and um, added to the calendar and, and many coaches lamenting that December period when bowl game prep or maybe even college football playoff prep in the case of Saban most of the time, uh, along with transfers, along with signing period for high school, like all of that happening at once. Um, yeah, that, that'll grind a guy down. So um, not entirely surprising. Andy, I think Saban at this point in his life, I think he just needs to step back into a you know, a defensive coordinator role. Uh, I know an SEC <laughs> school that could could use one, and they've got a bag of money, obviously, Listen. to uh, to drop on him. So I'm just saying. I man. mean, uh, there's plenty of connections, right? You, uh, good buddies with Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle had some nice words to say today about uh, Nick he sure Saban. did. We'll get to. Uh, yeah, good friends with him. It has an in uh, at Mizzou. Why? Why not? No, the the logical uh, scenario here is that Nick Saban goes and coaches the Patriots, and Bill Belichick comes and coaches uh, Alabama. That's the <laughs> that's the only one. Prove who the goat is. You want to uh, you want to settle the goat conversation jobs. once and for all? Switch jobs. <laughs> who does better? That's your goat. Uh, Football hands down. <laughs> It's football coaching Freaky Friday edition. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving to see, I'm loving to see that play out. I mean, if Bill Belichick is interested in a defensive coordinator position, I guess after Saban, if he happens to turn it down in Columbia, Missouri, then you could go after Belichick if you you know if if Mizzou would like to go that route. So there's a couple of options that are out there in terms of a Blake Baker replacement. <laughs> Exactly. Just putting it out there. Right, yeah. yeah. There's there's several guys out there. And, hey, Mizzou can pay. They showed that. Yep. It's not going to be nothing. So I have to make Nick Saban the highest paid assistant in, in college football, <laughs> but I think, we can, I think we can come to an agreement here. I think oh, we get something boy. done. Let's uh, talk turkey. <laughs> 875-KTGR, uh, give us a call or a text. Well, I mean, with uh, with the Alabama opening, the, the Patriots now uh, opening, I, 
I wonder, though, it's a, it's a much different situation. Saban's calling it quits. Bill Belichick, though. Apparently not. I mean, I, I wonder what kind of effect it has on the rest of the league because uh, it's not – I don't think it's a situation where Bill Belichick only has the jobs available to him that are open. Right. Like, uh, teams right now are having those discussions. You better believe it, that they're going in those rooms. They're saying, look, Bill Belichick's available. I know we – said earlier that we like our coach but the bears are apparently bringing eberflus back yeah i, I mean maybe not going to be a spot for belichick which, but I, I mean i i tend to believe that if they'll if they'll do that they'll stick with it because jim harbaugh is right there and they say that would no be the one that, for me right right but I bill belichick so. also you know came available i I don't know if the Bears would make that decision on Eberflus if they didn't think Probably that not. if their guy was was going to be available. <laughs> you could always do what the other Chicago team did. The Cubs hired Craig Council with a, with an active manager on right. their payroll. Yeah. Dave Ross didn't even know. I mean, that's a way you could go about it to make sure you get your guy. But I agree with you generally that like the, there are teams that aren't just the teams with a current vacancy that you could conceivably decide to make a move for because of Belichick now being available and I know there's been some scuttlebutt and some reporting to that end already today and it makes you wonder like is there a playoff team that is that mystery team and that's the reason that you don't that you don't fire the coach yet and, and they would rather have Belichick replace their guy on I'm talking about an active playoff team so that's another yeah. wrinkle that could really have ramifications across the NFL as as far as the Belichick thing goes is it the Eagles Dude, come on. (laughs) Here's my thing. I don't automatically think that wherever Belichick goes, assuming he goes somewhere, that it's going to be a success. I don't think it will be. No, I don't think so. I'm not saying it was going to be one, but I'm just saying. But I think because of his, his age, not to say he doesn't have zest for life. I don't know the guy. But I can, it's just so crazy to imagine that like, when you're signing up for that, you're signing up for the wisdom and the greatness, of course, but you're also signing up for a, a cantankerous SOB who wants things his way has always has always had his his way in, in being able to have his personnel decisions handled the way he wants and like you invite him into a into your organization and that's going to come with an adjustment period for the folks that are that are held over and again how long do you really think he's going to be there three years five years realistically even if it goes well how so like it's a there are teams that if you've got an established coach and an established roster, you can kind of walk that fine line. Because if you think you're potentially going to win a Super Bowl next year or the year after, Belichick might make some level of sense, which is where the Eagles gets interesting because they've got a talented well, roster already in place. It's where the Eagles gets interesting. It's also where I've the, got one. Uh, you've got one. You go. Well, I was going to say. Well, I was going to say another. I don't know. If this is the one you were going to say. No, I'll, you I'll let you go. You go. No, you go. I don't. I mean, it's a team that I like and want to love, but I think the coach is holding them back. Oh, Mike McCarthy, it? man. Oh, I'm talking the about the Cowboys. That was not I don't the know team that I was going to say. No, but yeah. I didn't think it was. But like, that's another one that if it doesn't, if the Cowboy, if it doesn't go well this year, and you're Jerry Jones, and I don't know what relationship he has with Bill Belichick, I. But like, if you're in that spot, going, man, I want to win. I don't care that Bill Belichick might want to retire in a couple of years, because. I might not even be here in a couple of years. Like, 
that, there's an element of that that I wonder if you just YOLO that if you're Jerry Jones and you just get tired of not getting over the hump and you say, screw it, blank check for Belichick on, on a shorter-term contract because I'm, I'm in a similar boat where I want to I see this Cowboys return to dominance while I'm still, while I'm still kicking. I wonder if that would be a potential element as well. Oh, you never discount it because Jerry Jones. The wild card factor, man. Yeah, That's Jerry Jones. Can't, yeah, I mean, it's Jerry Jones. It's all the money in the world. It's the, and his coach the biggest does brand. Suck, so. Think about how, yeah, he's got a bad coach. Like McCarthy Think as about coach, the so. headlines that it would make, which is almost as important as winning yep. in Dallas mm-hmm. for the Dallas That's Cowboys. That's one for me. That I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Could you imagine? Oh, my, America's team with Bill Belichick as the coach. I mean, that would be... You talk about compelling. That would be yeah. compelling. That would be I, if I could pick one thing to happen, either that or Lane Kiffin to Alabama. I'd do the Belichick one, just as an oh. outsider, as a fan. I'd want to see Belichick with the Cowboys more than I'd even want to see Lane Kiffin with Bama, which would be well, hilarious. In I know that my suggestion is going to upset you. Then go ahead. The Bills absolutely are having this discussion. I don't think that's upsetting. I no, mean, aren't they? Aren't they talking about it? Right now, I mean, look, it's been a Sean weird McDermott year for Sean McDermott. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a weird year for yeah, it's been a weird year. Don't know about it. Um, but but they look at what they have, and yeah, it's also kind of a short term situation because sure, you got a good roster, but how are you going to keep it together? Is everybody going to get paid? I don't know. Um, Could you I, imagine I, Stefan Diggs being coached by Belichick? Though that's not going to work. That's not going to work. I. If just a personality class, I suppose. But at the same time, like it, it worked out to a uh, to a degree where you, if you have the quarterback and you have uh, a solid offensive line, defense that's workable. Look, Belichick has stood the test of time on that, and I think people would, buy, I think players would buy in a little bit more to that. So, I, I I know they're definitely talking about it, but that would be another one that I'm circling, saying, okay. Bills, like, we can't get over a hump. We can't get, we've been to one AFC championship game in this run that we've had with Josh Allen. Why can't we get over the hump? Yeah. I, I don't know if Sean McDermott's the guy to take him there. That's the thing. Those are, I mean, those are all interesting. I don't think the Eagles won. I I think it's too premature to blame Sirianni for what's going on there right now. But I could also understand that that's a ravenous fan base that will demand not having a potential window spoiled, so I get it from that standpoint. It well, would be fun to see also, him go to a place ready-made, to go to a place ready-made to contend, rather than a, you know... Rather a, than a one of the openings, or, right? Like, what yeah. what job right now is intriguing out of the open ones? It's still the Chargers. I still think that, that would be the right? one, because you theoretically have the quarterback in place, you've got good pieces on defense, and... Uh, you know, a very like is Keenan Allen not the perfect type of Belichick receiver? You know, for what he does and the way he he and he's not quite over the hill yet. You got to keep him healthy out there next year. But I think you get one more good year out of Keenan Allen. You draft a receiver, although Belichick's track record doing that recently not just so good. But I think that could still be the job where you could see the Chargers be a playoff team and a contender if Herbert elevates next year if Belichick were the coach. It's just so hard to to gauge. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Uh, who, who do you want to see uh, get Bill Belichick if, in fact, he is to get another head coaching job in the NFL? I just I, I don't know 
what fit would be best for a guy like Belichick because the fit has always been the exactly the same for two decades. He's had the same quarterback. He's been successful with exactly one quarterback in his career, and that one quarterback just so happens to be the greatest that's ever done it. And that is so convenient. That's right. so convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I'm not trying to knock Bill Belichick and what he's done as a coach. It, it, it takes a, a strong relationship uh, with not only your quarterback, but the rest of your team, the rest of your staff, the rest of your organization to get it done. And Belichick's been able to build a giant uh, in New England for the last two decades. But when we're talking about the fit with another organization, does that success then not get translated? Is it harder to build that yes. with someone completely completely different ownership group? There are owners yes. out there that will say, like, oh, we'll get along with any head coach, especially a guy like Belichick who's been one of the greatest ever. It's easy to say that now and actually seeing it in practice. That's why I don't know, Brendan, if even if it's a ready-made opportunity, even if you go, even if the Chargers do end up saying, "Okay, Belichick's our guy. We've got a quarterback. We've got a head coach. We've got uh, get everybody healthy in this room. Hopefully, let's make a run." I still have my doubts if Belichick is the missing piece to that. I would have my doubts as well um, because, like I said, I don't think it's a guarantee that. Like I think he should, if he really wants to end his career on a high note and be able to kind of push off a little bit of that stigma of, well, you Tom Brady made you, you know, that's the only reason you had the success you did, which I think is an oversimplification. It is not fair to the the, the, the great career that he has had, but that's going to be a little bit of a stigma if he doesn't find a, a nice little cherry on top to end the career. That's why I think you got to plop him into a roster that is ready to go right now. Um, he he shouldn't be the guy to to build something from the ground up because it's just going to take too long. Realistically, for a guy in his early seventies, um, I just think it would I think it would take too long. And so I, I just don't know if that's if if that like he's got to choose carefully. I think, and he'll have his pick, obviously, Andy. But seventy one years old, turns seventy two in April. You gotta you gotta be able to go in somewhere where you can establish what you want to do this year and the next, and and make a Super Bowl happen within those two years. I think that would be the way that he could go out on top. Otherwise, it kind of takes the tone of like a desperation ploy at the end of his career and, and somebody who didn't see the end when it when it was there right in front of him uh, and just refused to acknowledge it. Like, it could go that way if he picks the wrong job. 875-KTGR, what job do you want to see Bill Belichick pick if he wants to be a head coach again? And he can pick just about any other one uh, that he'd want to go to. And... um it's going to be one of the things that could swing the the carousel in a way that uh, we we haven't seen it swung before. Uh, oh, he'll get knocked NFL. off his axis by this. Right, I mean, it'll right. be <laughs> forget swinging it. You're going to have some of those animatronic horses. Those are like on the ground on <laughs> right sideways yeah, by, uh, by the end know, of this thing. On up and down, and uh, all of a sudden you be... get swung out into oblivion. Uh-huh. Who brought this sledgehammer in here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, the carousel is going to get wacky. It has a, a, a real chance to get wacky with, with some of the openings and then the ones that aren't open yet, but but it's a sweepstakes now. Like but there's some a teams, lot of it'll be that way too, right? And, and yes. it's not like it, almost 25%. I believe it actually is right at 25%, isn't it? Now with eight openings, I believe, that would be, uh, that might be right. 25% of hey, you're NFL the teams are looking <laughs> yeah. for a new head, are making a coaching change this year. I mean, just and that's the, just so far. Because right. here's here's something, you know, frame it this way. 14 teams are still playing. 
And we don't know 18, what they're going to do, right? Yeah. Right. So 18 teams aren't. And of those, it's it's closer to 50% of the teams that didn't make the playoffs this year saying, nah, we got to find another guy. That is a really interesting stat. I mean, it's a win-now league. It's you know, try to find a quarterback right away. It's pay him whatever you can in the short term because you need a roster right now that can compete in this league because so many, you never know what can happen, first of all, because the, and this year is a true encapsulation of that. With Mason Rudolph is going to start a playoff game. Uh, right. So. <laughs> and the team that uh, that everyone thought would win that division, the Bengals, I mean, uh, maybe not everybody. It was a tough division. A lot of people. But a lot, a lot of people, people thought, you know, Bengals, uh, clearly an AFC contender out of the playoffs. And we kind of give them a pass, right? Because they, they know they got a quarterback. But that's kind of the, the point, though, is that all these other teams that maybe don't think they have the guy right now, they can make the move and say, look, anything can happen in this NFL season. If we go for it now, we can make it pay off later. Absolutely. And so that makes it even like when that sense of desperation sets in for teams and you see a guy like Belichick out there, it could make teams do some crazy things. It could make teams do some things that they otherwise wouldn't normally engage in. And that's what makes it fun as as fans and, and people that like to talk about football. It's going to be a, an interesting time in the league. Yeah, so uh, this next month, We'll say a lot about what that's going to look like later on for 2024. 875-KTGR, give us a call or a text. Where do you want to see Belichick go? Who do you want to see hired at Alabama? We know for a fact it's not going to be Dan Lanning. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll try to talk more about that later on in the show, too. 875-5847 if you want to call or text us here uh, on the big show. Up next, Brad Trinago of uh, Mizzou Women's Basketball will join us. The Tiger ladies are taking on the top team in the country. Hey, they've upset them before. Will it happen tonight? We'll see. But uh, Brad Trinago tells us uh, about the state of Mizzou Women's Basketball as they venture on deeper into the conference season. He'll join us next here on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Back here on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy and Brendan. You can join us with a call or a text at 875-KTGR. We're talking all the coaching vacancies. Alabama, New England, where's Bill Belichick going to go? Who's going to replace Nick Saban? Things like that. Tell us your thoughts, 875-KTGR. Hey, let's talk some Mizzou women's basketball. Tonight they take on number one South Carolina uh, at home, a chance to, uh, you know, upset the number one team in the country. Why not? Only one way to find out is is how I kind of see it. And here to join us uh, and talk with us about it is the voice of Mizzou women's basketball, Brad Trinago. He's actually joining us in studio today. This is a little bit of a change. How about that? Hey, it's doing all right. Uh, yeah. man. It's okay. I kind of like it. I can see you. You've got the little video screen combo going on here. I can see my hand. Hey, uh, yeah, Brendan can uh, can see uh, Brad. He uh, uh, Brad can see, see you, Brendan. I, I don't see know Brad's see. hand. <laughs> yeah, there he is. All right, very good. I was trying for the you know what? Ears. I was trying for. Uh, okay, oh, he's trying to is. give me rabbit ears. This That's what's happening. Nice. Yeah, radio, this is the, the this is the radio that everybody comes for. Uh, we're we're talking about uh, this. The, this this Mizzou team that is still looking for their first SEC win, uh, having to deal with a lot of injuries too, and, and kind of going through this uh, this early part of the schedule. But I mean, through all of that, Robin pinched him with how she's uh, tried to galvanize the group and, and get them together for some of these games. How have you noticed that going forward? Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that that Coach Pinchton has talked about a lot is is how much 
work and how much extra time that this team has put in, you know, as, as different players, you know, it, there's only so many hours that you're allowed to have, you know, formal practices and stuff like that on the court. But, but she has pointed out repeatedly that, Hey, this, this is a group that is always willing. She, she can always hear the basketballs going on in the, in the practice court from for where her, uh, her office is. And it's because they're getting some extra shots up doing some extra things on their own. But uh, you're right, you know, it, it can certainly be a challenging thing, and there have been a, a couple of, of disappointing results there. I will say the LSU game, especially through the first half, they were right there toe-to-toe with the defending national champions, and then the third quarter was where it kind of got away from them. You know, the the end of the Alabama game, you know, the the injury to Mama Dembele, I mean, certainly that was kind of demoralizing for them. But I, I think that overall this team is still – Still in a good spot. Still feels like they're pulling in the same direction. Now, can you can you get it done against what appears to be yet again the best team in the country? Yeah, I mean the, they once again look really strong. They restock every single year, and uh, and, and of course, Mizzou a whole lot of familiarity in, in a game like this. So that that has to be the extra motivating factor, though, because there are players that played in this game before, and they and they know what it takes to to hang with a team like this. So does that then become? A, a bit of an extra boost, you think, where players might have more of a chance to to give their best game than maybe in, in it's not to say they're not trying to do it earlier, but I mean, in, in a game like this, it obviously brings it out of you sometimes. Well, I think the the belief has got to be there, and it, it's it's kind of eerie some of the parallels that we're we're looking at here. So the last time that Mizzou and South Carolina played here in what I like to call the good Columbia, it Mizzou was going up against the number one team in the country. Mizzou had significant pieces of their roster unavailable. In that case, it was due to some positive COVID-19 tests that went through the the players and the staff. And despite all of that, we're still able to pull off the upset, that last-second Lauren Hansen bucket in overtime to win by a point. And now we fast-forward a little more than two years since that game, and we, we don't know the status of Mama Dembele for this game, but... Whether she's available or not, Angie Galakalandi's not going to play. Avery Kroenke's not going to play. Those were going to be, if they weren't going to be two starters for this game in the preseason, they were going to be two of the top six or seven players. So they're going to be a little shorthanded there. From what I understand, there's a little bit of illness running through some of the staff members on the team, too. So, again, yeah. you got you got these similarities here where not going to be at full strength, going up against the best team in the country that does appear to be at full strength or close to it. And, you know, who knows, maybe they can run it, run it back again like they did 700-plus days ago. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Brad Trinago, voice of Mizzou women's basketball, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And, and you talked about some of the players that have been out uh, last uh, few weeks or so, and Avery Kroenke has been someone that they hoped they'd, they would have at the start of the season, but she's been out pretty much uh, all year. And, uh, of course, players have had to step up in those roles, but it sure seems that uh, a freshman in Abby Shrek and a freshman in Grace Slaughter have really been coming on try. It sure seems that, you know, this this could be a year where if you get valuable experience for those players, then it could pay off in the end. Sure, absolutely, and, and whether it's that's this year or beyond, right? But, you know, Ashton Judd last year was a, a freshman who had a pretty big impact for Mizzou. She, she didn't start, but she played close to starters minutes. She averaged seven points per game, and and I, I bring her up because you've got Grace Slaughter at 11 points per game right now, and you've got Abby Shrek at nine points per game. Judd averaging seven was good enough for SEC All-Freshman team. So you've, you've got two 
kids that are playing at SEC all freshman level. Hannah Lenthicum is starting in the post. You know, she did it against Angel Reese a couple of weeks ago. She's going to do it tonight against Camila Cardoso. I mean, so she's getting some valuable reps, the Jefferson City High School product. So I, I think that's certainly going to help. I mean, Shrek is is shooting well over 40% from three, and if Mama Dembele can't go tonight, she's probably going to be the starter at point guard, and she's probably going to play almost all of the 40 minutes at the point against one of the best defenses in the country. So certainly both getting thrown into the fire, Slaughter and Shrek, but they've shown a lot of positives, and I think there's a lot of optimism going forward when you look at, you know, between Shrek and Slaughter and Hannah Lenthicum and, you know, Judd as a sophomore. I mean, those are four of your top, you know, probably seven, eight players right now. So going forward, you've got a you've got a nice nucleus working there, even after people like Haley Frank uh, wind up moving on after this season. Talking with Brad Renago, Mizzou women's basketball voice here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So, I mean, notwithstanding with just this one game, Mizzou's trying to build a uh, a resume that can get a little more attention for later in the season. And I wonder how that that might be shaping up uh, with the games they have coming up and how the SEC kind of looks this year in, in relation to the rest of the country. I mean, with what Mizzou got in non-con and what they're trying to pair together to to get a good look at the committee, what what do you think has to happen here? Well, the SEC, it's interesting to me this year what's what's different than past years. I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I only see two teams in the SEC who will make it out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. That, that's that's South Carolina and LSU. Those yeah. are the only two teams in my mind that are sweet 16 and beyond caliber programs. Now, with that being said, I, I see a whole lot of teams that would typically be that middle class who are, you know, your, your seven and eight seeds in the NCAA tournament. I see a lot of teams in this conference that all could, could potentially fit that bill down the road so like the 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 lower class and the middle class appears to have risen in my mind so what that means is that you just don't have I know it's a cliche but there just aren't it doesn't seem like there's an easy game in the SEC this year there aren't those teams that are like oh they're 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 a hot mess well even if we're playing them on the road we're going to be fine there I, I don't really see a game like that throughout the conference and so you don't get that opportunity to to kind of exhale a little bit and it's going to be that way for for two consecutive months and you know Vanderbilt the team that Mizzou is going to play Sunday in Nashville is a prime example of that. They were a team that, you know, finished, they've been in the bottom four of the conference for the last couple of years, and now they've only lost one time so far this season. They're undefeated early on in conference play. They're just outside of the top 25. And so I think that's that's one example of, of how the, 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 the lower class and the middle class of this league has risen up. And, and overall, I think it's going to end up making the conference look pretty good on Selection Sunday. Yeah, because they've been around the top, around uh, the country most of these years. And so uh, just, you know, f- finding a way to copy yourself to, to about 500 has almost gotten you into consideration most of the time. But but maybe in a year like this, you probably need to stand out a little bit more. Well, specifically in Mizzou's case, because they, they took a few extra losses in non-conference play <laughs> compared to where they've usually been, wound up at 9-4. and four. Um, and so I, I think, I, you know, eight and eight, is that good enough? Boy, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to leave it at that point and leave it in the committee's hands. I, I would think that, you know, at least nine and seven is going to be the, the number that it's going to take to get there, you know, in, in a little bit of a hole right now, starting out at 0-2 already. But, you know, if you, if you can get Dembele healthy, 
maybe a, a Gala Kalandi or a Kroenke. I'm not not sure on their status, but if you can get one or both of them to come back and get those outside shots to start falling again, didn't didn't shoot well from three in the game against Alabama either, and Alabama certainly did. So that that wasn't very helpful to the cause in that game. But get the outside shots going, continue to improve defensively. I mean, that's the thing too. For you're talking about true freshmen like you know like Shrek and and Slaughter. Learning what it takes defensively at this level is, is such a, a big adjustment for them, and you know for Hannah Lenthicum down low to be a, an effective disruptor in, in terms of the the shots from post players and also from perimeter players that drive in, making sure your assignment correct, as Coach Penston likes to say all the time. So that's a continuing process, and and potentially this team as this young team gets a little bit older, if you will, in terms of big game experience, they, they can start to catch fire a little bit and, and make a run at this thing. Yeah, we'll certainly see. Uh, Brad Trinago, a broadcaster for Mizzou Women's Basketball, joining us here on the big show KTGR before Mizzou takes on number one South Carolina tonight. So I assume, Brad, that you... You ate the same thing for breakfast. You ate the. You tied your <laughs> shoes the exact same way. You buttoned your shirt the exact same way that you did back on what was it, December thirtieth, thirty first of of twenty twenty one, when this happened the last time. You did all that, right? I should have. It's okay. December thirtieth, twenty twenty one. I believe I came on this show and and talked with you a little bit about you did. what the well, matchup was going to be. What are we doing be. right now, Brendan? Yeah, we're manifesting it. We're trying, man. It's coming. Well, so, I think that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly what we needed here. So the yeah, so the positive positive is we're, we're following a lot of the same steps, yeah. including being on, on the big show with, with you. Uh, the negative is, do you know how many regular season games South Carolina has lost since that night? Oh, gosh. Uh, let me think about that. How about none? The answer is zero. Okay. They have right. not lost well, a single. They are 58-0 and 0 <laughs> okay, in the regular right. season. They lost once in an SEC tournament. They lost once to Caitlin Clark in the Final Four of they the did, NCAA yeah. tournament. And that is it in terms of losses since Columbia. But I don't know what it is. There's something about Columbia, Missouri. They are, they're 2-4 and four here. And since Mizzou has joined the SEC in 2012, the teams that have beaten South Carolina more than Mizzou, UConn, Tennessee, Kentucky, which Kentucky is the designated rival, so they play right. South they Carolina. They play twice. Yeah, they get they? way more chances right. at yeah. it. That's the list. Those are the only teams. So yeah. I don't know. There's something That's about crazy. There's it's something not... about Mizzou against South Carolina where they they tend to make it a game, you know, more than than the rankings would indicate. And and who knows? We'll see if that's the case again tonight, like it was a little more than two years ago. Again, we do our part here on this show <laughs> to do whatever we can to manifest that kind of energy, and hopefully, it was uh, enough to try and just uh, the slight push. They'll do most of the work, uh, but uh, but hey, we we do our part here on the show to try and push towards that goal. Brad Trinago, great to have. Him here uh here in studio of course uh, a special treat you're gonna hear uh, the exact same crisp voice as you're hearing right now <laughs> in about a couple hours or so when mizzou women's basketball coverage begins as they take on number one south carolina later on tonight brad appreciate you buddy yep. thanks for coming on in thanks y'all it's uh 440 here on the big show ktgr hey we just try to try to help the cause uh, a little bit uh under the bus is coming up next uh well <laughs> Reports of Dan Lanning being in uh, Tuscaloosa were quickly shut down. We're coming to that and under the bus after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Oh, great to have uh, Brad join us in studio to preview all things Mizzou women's basketball. You'll be able to find that at KTGR.com very soon if you missed it. And again, tune in 645 tonight. Number one, South Carolina coming to town. I mean, it's just, 
You know how many people thought that it would happen on December 30th, 2021, when Mizzou was missing all those players for COVID, and now they're coming into the game and they're missing, they're probably not going to have a healthy point guard. Like, it's, come on. Anything can happen. I can recall that we were rather skeptical on that day a couple of years ago. <laughs> right? When when that happened, yeah. It was, uh, we weren't so sure, but guess what? It ended up happening. Uh, Mizzou hung tough all game long. South Carolina made their final push, and Mizzou withstood it. Uh, I remember almost every second of it. So, I mean, it's uh, it can happen. So, don't don't discount it. Tune in tonight, 645, uh, big on uh, KTGR to hear Mizzou and South Carolina in women's basketball. We're going to get to Under the Bus here in just a bit, as well as the sweetest thing in sports. Want to remind you, though, we're going to have uh, John Rooney, the voice of the Cardinals, join us at 525 to talk all things Cardinals caravan. But, uh, again, just want to remind you of some of those details. Uh, Missouri Farm Bureau Center in Jefferson City, they'll hold their event tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. And then there is an event before the Mizzou men's basketball game at Mizzou Arena on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. You do need a ticket to the men's game to get in. So go get all the details at KTGR.com if you want to. Uh, go and find those tickets. Uh, I can't say enough how good the group, I think, is going to be uh, for this caravan because R- John Rooney's going to be there, of course. He'll be the MC for, for the events. But Lars Newtbar, I-, I mean, that's your headliner. I mean, I- being around that guy, it's just it's a fun time all the time. Yeah, I that is about as big of a name as you're going to possibly find it one of these caravan events over the years, like typically the way they do these caravans is it's a lot of times it's the younger players who maybe haven't totally established themselves. Which You'll can also be good. A, like you get to see some of the up-and-comers, right? You, yeah. you might see one of the stars of tomorrow and have a chance to say, I, I knew him when, right? But in the case of Newt Bar, what a unique situation where in terms of his MLB service time, hasn't had a ton of it, and yet he's an international superstar. Like yeah. that is absolutely a way that you describe Lars Newpar. So that is a moment you're going to want to see if you're in mid-Missouri this weekend. Uh, definitely worth checking out one of those stops. Yeah, so Lars Newpar is going to be there. Matthew Libertor will also be there along with John King and Michael Ciani. There will be some Cardinals alumni uh, joining on as well. I believe, uh, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but I believe Ryan Ludwig's going to be there. Uh, always great to uh, to talk with him. So you get. I hope to, you're not lying on the radio. I, I am making sure that I, if I was just then, <laughs> that I'm gonna go to the website ktgr.com and make sure that uh, that what I was saying was correct. And uh, Ryan Ludwig will not be here. In fact, so I will go ahead and that is an early uh, to yeah. Under there you go. Uh, Bernard Gilkey and Gary Bennett will be here in Mid Missouri. So those will be the alumni that you can meet. And uh, if you're a kid, 15 and under, you can uh, get an autograph from uh, all those players, too. So that'll be uh, a fun time. Again, all the details, KTGR.com. Cardinals Caravan's a fun event, man. Uh, just uh, I remember uh, a few years back, uh, John Brebbia was a, was a big-time uh, personality. Oh, he's a, he's a trip, too, he, yeah. He hogged all of the microphones. Like, everybody had a microphone <laughs> in front of them at the table during the event. He was like, okay, I need... I, they can't hear me back there. I need this microphone. Uh, someone still can't hear it. I need to grab this mic. He had four microphones in front of him by the That's end of the good. event. That and, sounds right for yeah, him. Yeah. And John Brebbia um, and, and Lars Newpar is going to be just as fun, too. And uh, you get to meet all of those uh, players and John Rooney and, and the alumni. So check it out. KTGR.com uh, for the Cardinals Caravan. We'll hear from John Rooney coming up at 
525 here on the show. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Well, it's that time where when there's a huge college football head coaching opening like Alabama, uh, all of a sudden vacant for somebody to take. Here come the the reports. Maybe real, maybe definitely not real. And the definitely not real one came from an Oregon news anchor named Brandon Cameron, who said on a newscast last night after the news broke that, you know, that Nick Saban was retiring. He was saying on air that, hey, I, I used to be a, a reporter down in Tuscaloosa, and I know folks down there, and they said that Dan Lanning's in Tuscaloosa right now. No, no. Uh, no, he wasn't. As a matter of fact, I can't remember who said this, but Dan Lanning, I believe, when that was being reported, was actually on his couch at home watching a Jason Bourne movie. So As one does. <laughs> as yeah. one does. Uh, and finds out uh, you're in Tuscaloosa. Wait, no, I'm not. Um, so, yeah, it's just a gentle reminder that there are going to be some folks who want to break some news. And it might I guess, not be real. I guess that's why they're maybe doing TV in Tuscaloosa still. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, wait, I don't know. Or maybe why they're not doing it in Tuscaloosa anymore, <laughs> and they went up to Eugene, Oregon. I don't well, know. here's the thing. Do you blame? Do you blame the? I think you got to blame both of them. You got to blame the guy that ran it on the air in Oregon yeah. because a buddy from Alabama told him that. You know, what I'm right? saying like, I think they're the final line of defense has to be you with what you say on the air, but. If I'm that guy and his buddies really did tell him, yeah, this, you can go with this, well, <laughs> that's rough for everybody involved now. Quite, uh, quite a joke. Under the bus. So, again, tread lightly. You're right, though. Eugene, much smaller TV market size, I think, based on the uh, – I'm just looking at the rankings here. Yeah, and that's This is what it is. It's a little down there. And under the bus, uh, well, to ESPN, particularly some executives at ESPN that run college game day. This is kind of crazy. So – Essentially, they wanted to get uh, Emmy awards for their on-air oh, this talent. This is crazy. Yeah, for, I saw for this. what the show won. So for awards that the show College Game Day won in the Emmy categories, they wanted to get their on-air talent Emmys for them as well. But the on-air talent, they have their own categories, like outstanding host, outstanding reporting. They have their own categories, and the people who run the Emmys, they don't allow you to get Emmys for both categories there because right. it's the same work. You can't be recognized twice. So what ESPN did was they made up fake names for people like Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet and Sam Ponder and Desmond Howard and put them in the credits of these nominations for the show. And then once they got those Emmys for those fake people, they re-engraved them and gave it back to, to Herb Street and Fowler and everybody else. And if I had to guess, the talent probably had no idea this was going right. on. Because generally, and I hope I'm not stepping on any toes here, but generally the talent doesn't necessarily... They're not locked in on whether they did or did not win or get nominated no, you're for right. an Emmy. Yeah, not exactly. to say that some people don't think they're great, exactly. but like it's, I could see that the process is has maybe historically not been the most rigorously followed, and then evidently the organization responsible for kind of overseeing that process recently renovated it probably for the best, and that's when they came to realize that, oh, for years and years this has been going on, and the names were so funny because they weren't even like that different. <laughs> Kirk Henry. Kirk Henry. <laughs> what are we doing? Chris Fulton. We here, can you, Lee Clark? Lee Clark. Can, can you guess who that is? Lee Corso. I mean, come on! They're not. They're only changing one of the names in certain cases. 
Under the bus. If you had to choose it, what would be your fake uh, name to submit to the Emmys? Oh, for sure, get... it's got to be Bernard Schefter. <laughs> we're gonna lean in. We're gonna lean. We're gonna lean into to the. Maybe people will think I'm Adam Schefter's cousin or something, and we can win on on a little nepotism. How about that? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports. On the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Celebrate those January birthdays with delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary birthday any day online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Well, uh, the retirement of Nick Saban, uh, obviously big news. And Gary Pinkle, one of Nick Saban's good friends. Of course, they coached together at Kent State. He wanted to, to write some words about... Uh, Nick Saban as well. Here was a statement that he released today. Quote, how can you possibly come up with words that do justice to all that Nick has achieved and all that he has meant to college football? I'm sure most people would look at the championships, the wins, the awards, and all the things that stand out on paper. However, from my perspective as a former teammate and colleague, I would reflect on all the lives he has transformed and impacted on and off the field. He has a remarkable influence on the game that we all love so much, and I'm glad to see him step away on his own terms. He earned that opportunity, pleased for Nick, Terry, and the family for the next stage of life, and I know he'll continue to influence lives in meaningful ways. Just because you retire from the coaching profession, you're always a coach, and that's a special thing to take with you. He's the best of all time, and I'm proud to call him a friend. Welcome to retirement, Nick. It's well-deserved. That from Gary Pinkle, and he deserves every one of those words, Nick Saban. Yeah, Nick Saban's fantastic. It's nice to to know that there's that local connection as well with Gary Pinkle and had, yeah, some very nice, thoughtful things to say about a, a good friend of his in the, in the industry. And man, that, you know, kind of having that, that generation of coach retiring and they, there's a lot of, a lot of wisdom in, uh, in that generation and, and specifically just between those two guys, Pinkle and Saban. How about that? It's, it's incredible. And again, kudos to, to Pinkle for saying that, and kudos to Nick Saban for, again, getting to do it on his own terms, uh, step away when he thought it was right, and seems that it's uh, the right time to do so, and bravo to an amazing career. Up next, Chiefs Dolphins, who you got at 5.05? And John Rooney, the voice of the Cardinals, will talk Cardinals Caravan with us at 5.25 on The Big Show.